Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 in your Bibles. It's great to see you all this morning. This is great. I miss pastoring, you know that? I know we had to travel and uh, report to 33 churches. And I know we had to um, take care of a lot of things in the States to get the house ready for sale and all that. And stuff that had to be done. But I miss doing what I'm doing. This is what I'm meant to be doing. So it's so good to be back doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, the title of this morning's message is Four Prerequisites to a Most Blessed 2023. Four Prerequisites to a Most Blessed 2023. I know that this is the third Sunday in 2023. It's not the first. And so please bear with me as I prepare a message to prepare Gospel Baptist Church to enter into 2023 with the blessing of the Lord. When the clock struck midnight on January the 1st, I'm sure as we are entering into 2023, all the texts were flying, Happy New Year, have a great year, have a blessed year, and all this type of stuff, okay? And you are wishing people a blessing, right? And God's blessing upon their lives. And that's what you do. Now, we all want God's blessing. Who doesn't? Sorry, but I Pastor, think... With no, no uh, speaker system there. Well, is there kids' church today? No. There is no children's church this morning? No, no children's church. Okay. Is this speaker system working? No, it's, it's very low. It's low. Okay, yeah, I can just adjust this. Thank you for that. Okay. Okay. How's that? Is that better? Yes. Good job. Okay, thank you so much. I like the feedback. I like Gospel Baptist Church where they stop everything in the middle and you just say, hey, look at this. You know, that's great. Okay, well, listen, we're all on the same page. We all want God's blessing. Who doesn't? But I think we realize if we want God to bless us, we have to meet certain requirements. Blessing is not just blanket thing that we can expect of God and think, yeah, this is going to happen, right? It's only fair if we want God to bless us that we meet certain requirements. We can't expect Him to pour out His blessing on people who have no interest in doing what He wants. Would you agree with that? I mean, we have to do what He wants. So this morning, we're going to talk about the kind of attitude in us that pleases the Lord so that we can walk in His blessing. So it's going to be a very practical message this morning. Today, as we open up the scriptures to Philippians chapter 3, we're going to really park on one verse, but we're going to read a few more verses. Hang on a second here. I can see that uh, came our cold, so I'll just make sure that radiation goes back on again. Okay, so Philippians chapter 3, looking at verse 10. All right. That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable of his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after if that I may apprehend for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I cannot myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much. We praise you for what you've done already. We praise you for the answers to prayer we've seen this morning. We praise you for your amazing goodness. I do pray now you administer your, your word to us this morning. And I pray you speak to every heart. Lord, your people have come to hear from God. Let no one leave here disappointed. Lord, let your people hear from you. Lord, I pray that, that some way, somehow, 
Your people will tune out man, but tune in God. And tune out fleeting thoughts and distractions. And focus on the very word of life that can help them immensely. Lord, I pray you just minister greatly. Let no distraction keep us away from the blessing you have from us today, for us today. And I pray, Lord, that this simple message will help your people immensely to begin a new year with you and walk in the blessing you have for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Okay, first thing I want to say, if you want to see the blessing of God, there are four prerequisites. The first one is this. Number one, recognize your shortcomings. Everybody has shortcomings. Nobody has it all together. I think we all know that. We're looking at verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't attained, he said. I haven't arrived. I'm not the finished product. I used to do business in, in school and college and all that type of stuff. And we'd be talking about different manufacturing models. And there was this thing where they, you'd have these products with WIP on them. What does WIP know, mean? Does anybody know? Okay, work in progress. Or work in process. Okay, Work in progress is normally what it's called. Okay, Work in progress. We could have that sign on us this morning. I'm a work in progress. God's not finished with me yet. Amen? Amen. The Apostle Paul was uh, in the middle of a two-year imprisonment for his faith. He'd been on three missionary journeys. He'd led thousands, no, I would say tens of thousands of souls to Christ. Started several churches. Man, I'd love to have a ministry like that. <laughs> I used to dream of it. I used to dream of Ireland and to see that blessing of God upon our, our, our ministry in, in Ireland. We've been laboring for nearly 20 years in Ireland. I haven't led tens of thousands of souls to Christ. At least I haven't. Maybe I have. I just don't know about it. Nobody's told me, you know. And uh, I haven't started several churches. And I haven't been put in prison for two years. I'm sort of glad about that one, right? But brethren, the Apostle Paul trained countless men for ministry and had already written most of his New Testament books. God had used this man in a tremendous way. And yet he said, I have not yet attained. I have not yet apprehended was the wording here. I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived. God's still working on me. It encourages me. I hope it encourages you. If the Apostle Paul hadn't arrived, then we certainly haven't arrived. And there's more for us to do. There's more for us to accomplish. There's more that God could do in our lives in 2023. Can I hear an amen for that one? That's encouraging to me. That's encouraging. But he was aware of his shortcomings. Look at verse 12 here. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. He knew he wasn't perfect. He was very aware of his shortcomings. And that, what were his, I was thinking about this, the things that were Paul's strengths were also his weaknesses. And that can be the same for us. The things that we're really good at can also be the things that cause us to struggle spiritually, which is really interesting. I mean, Paul was fully committed. He was 100%. He was all in. And that was amazing. But he was willing to leave John Mark and say, forget him, he's a quitter. I'm going to leave him behind. Because Paul, John Mark didn't have that commitment on Paul's first missionary journey. John Mark wanted to go home. And I don't know the reasons behind it, but Paul was like, I don't want John Mark on the second journey. He gives up. So Paul, maybe... Might have been a little harsh, I don't know. And maybe he would look back on his life and say, I was a little rough on, on John Mark, but I'm sure Paul was very glad for Barnabas, John Mark's 
Because John Mark, Barnabas said, no, I'm not going with you, Paul, on the second journey. I'm taking John Mark with me. And Barnabas made John Mark so much so that Paul said in 2 Timothy, he's profitable. What a blessing. But Paul was 100% fully committed and sometimes he could leave people behind. Are you with me here this morning? When you're so committed, you're so zealous, sometimes you look around and you say, where are all these people? Where are they all in? Where are they as excited as I am about my faith? I'll tell you something. Everyone who's a born-again Christian, who's genuinely saved, they may not get as excited as they should be right now, but when they see Jesus, you're going to see them hopping and jumping and getting all excited then. Because they're going to be so glad they're washed in the blood of Jesus. So glad. Brethren, perhaps Paul's great zeal led his team into danger at times. Perhaps he worked people too hard. No one gets it right all the time. And the Apostle Paul was the first to see his own shortcomings. He said in verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. So he encourages readers to be also aware of our own shortcomings. We should also take a look at ourselves and, and know where we fall short. Brethren, we can be a bit negative. Would you, be, would you agree with that? We can be a bit negative in this country. I remember walking up to the chipper, East End Takeaway. My doctor said I should go there once a week. No, he didn't. He said, I'm in good health. He said, whatever you're doing, keep doing. So I said, I'll keep getting a bag of chips every week. But anyway, I was up at East End Takeaway on, on one of my days. and probably took the two days that week. But anyway, up at East End Takeaway. And, uh, and there was a couple of years ago. And there was a lady there. And the, the guy behind the, the, the serving the chips, he said, great day today. Great sun we're having. And she says, yeah, don't worry about that. Three weeks of sun, three months of rain, you know? I was just like, come on, can you not at least rejoice in three weeks of sun? She was right, she was a prophetess. There were three months of rain. But you know what, it's not hard to be prophetic in this country, is it? You know? If it's sunny, don't worry, it'll be dark in no time, you know? You know, things are going well, don't worry. Yeah, you're going to have a rough week next month, next week, you know? You know, we can be so negative. I'm, I'm looking at the news in Ireland, you know, because I, I wanted to keep up with what was going on. And RTE News. Man, you're not going to get encouraged watching RTE. If you don't want to go around with a, a, with a face as long as a wet week, don't be looking at the news all the time. Now, you need to know what's going on. I think we should. You don't want to just look like you just crawled out from underneath the rock, okay? But uh, at the same time, you don't want to be so focused on the news that it just brings you down. Sometimes we can be a bit negative. Look at verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, for you it's safe. You know, rejoice. You know, in, in layman's terms, it means be happy. Be a happy person. Don't let circumstances drag you down. Don't let people drag you down. Don't let society drag you down. Don't let, don't let what's going on out there. And some people get so caught up with conspiracy theory. I was talking to somebody uh, a while ago and he was so caught up with conspiracy theory. He says, I don't sleep. I said, turn off the internet. Real simple. Don't be, don't be discouraged. I rejoice. You know, some of that stuff may be true. A lot of that stuff may be true. I don't care. Because Jesus is coming back. I know when he comes back, I know what side I'm on. <laughs> Perhaps we're too easily led away by bad influences. Look at verse 2. Beware of dogs. Those are the Gentiles, okay? Beware of us, okay? <laughs> no, he was speaking to the Gentiles, okay? Beware of dogs. I think this probably talking to wicked people, whatever. I don't really know what he meant by that. I guess they did. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. 
Beware of the concision, that's the cutters of the flesh. And, and some believe that that's just talking about the Jews who are false Jews. And they're, they're not circumcising people. They're, they're, it's the they're, they're, they're concision, not circumcision. There's a play on words there. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. You know, beware of the influences you allow in your life. Some people have friends, and all the friends do is bring them down. Change your friends. Or limit your time with your friends. You don't want to be around people who drag you down. You want to be around people that lift you up. Would you agree with that? And that's what we need to do. That's what the Paul's, Paul's saying in verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be around people who rejoice. Be around happy people. And usually those people are Christians. Now, there are people who are not Christians who are happy. I'm glad for them. Aren't you? But at the same time, Christians ought to be happy. We shouldn't be going around saying, the world's going to end in three months, you know? So what if it is? If it ends in three months, guess where I'm going? I'm going to be with Jesus. I don't care. And I'm going to make every moment count. I want to make sure that people I talk to hear about Jesus. Make every moment count. He encourages readers to be aware of our own shortcomings. Perhaps we're a bit negative. Perhaps we're too easily led away by bad influences. With the advent of the internet, you could get, you know, some people search the internet for doctrinal information, you know, about what they believe. And if, if you, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can find anyone on the internet who, believe, who, who agrees with you. I've met people and they say, I, I don't go to any church because I can't find any church I believe in. You'll find a church on the internet that believes in you because there's someone, someone out there who believes what you believe. So the point is, there's none of us perfect. Like the fellow who said, or maybe the, I think it was a woman actually, she says, I found the pastor, I finally, I finally found the perfect church. And he looked at her and he said, not anymore. Because <laughs> she was not perfect, right? That's the joke, okay? <laughs> but the point is this, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. So don't be allowing yourself to be negative. Don't be allowing yourself to be led away by bad influences. Rejoice in the Lord. For Paul, his issue was a bit different. And I don't know a lot of people like that, but there are some people like this. And they get caught up with their own accomplishments. I've done this for God. I've done this for God. Are you a daily Bible reader? I think that's wonderful. Are you a student of the book? Do you study the Bible? I mean, really, we need not just to read the Bible. We need to study it. Would you agree with that? Look at verse, look at verse, uh, I, I forgot to put the scripture reference in here. So we're going to read it, okay? Verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he is, hath whereof he might trust the Lord, I am more. So Paul's talking about himself, and, and he said, I want to talk about my accomplishments. And I'm asking you, are you a daily Bible reader? You need to study the Bible. Are you a faithful church member? I'm glad for faithful church members, aren't you? Are you a tither? I'm glad for tithers. I really am, because that keeps the doors open, right? Are you a zealous witness for Christ? I'm glad for zealous witnesses for Christ, because people need to hear the gospel. These things are important. Every church needs faithful, committed core. But be careful that your zeal does not become a stumbling block to you. Look at verse 5. Paul says this, circumcised the eighth day. I want to tell you, you want to talk about credentials? Let me tell you credentials. 
of the stock of Israel, of the tribe, tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, I was a fundamentalist of the fundamentalists as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecution of the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul said, you want to talk about your zeal, I'll talk to you about my zeal. I mean, let's compare notes here. And we'd all be, be behind us as we're looking at the Apostle Paul. Brethren, be careful that you don't allow your accomplishments in the Lord to lift you up and cast you down. That's what pride does, isn't it? It lifts you up and casts you down. I've seen people who used to walk with the Lord and they were so faithful. But they were doing it for the wrong reasons, brethren. They were caught up with themselves. They were talking about themselves. Look at what I've done. Look at who I am. They'd never say it that way, but you know the way it is. They would hint at it and they'd joke, ha, 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 ha. But they're not joking because it's, it's really who they thought they were. The Bible tells us to walk humbly with the Lord, doesn't it? To do, do justly, do righteously, and walk humbly before our God. That's what Micah chapter 3 8 says, I think it is. Paul laid out his credentials. He was commissioned Jew. He was an ardent defender of his faith. He was the holiest of the holiest, the most fundamental of the fundamentalists. But that which was good became his stumbling block because that was his focus and not the Lord. That was the whole issue. That's why he said in verse 8, verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those times that I lost for Christ. Because he found a new way. He met with the Lord Jesus Christ and their brethren. There are people who are born again, who are saved, who are washed in the blood of Jesus. And they need to have a conversion experience. They need to meet with the Lord. Because though they may have trusted in Christ to save them, their soul from hell, they never trusted in Christ to save them from themselves and save them from sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? What, what, what they're going through right now. Christ is a savior. He doesn't just save from hell, he saves from sin, he saves from self, and he changes your life. If any man be a new creature, he's washed. Every man be in Christ, should I say? He's washed? A new creature. <clears throat> he wants to completely change us. And that's what happened to the Apostle Paul on the road to uh, Damascus. And that, his, his, his gracious distraction, his self righteousness, and Job suffered from self righteousness until he met with God. But his greatest distraction from getting to know God, uh, or should I say, his, 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 his zeal was his greatest distraction from getting to know God until he met the Lord on that road. And after he had that real meeting with God, and this is how you know somebody really meets with God, they see their shortcomings. Some people... They talk a lot about themselves and they think a lot about themselves. That's why they talk a lot about themselves, because they think a lot about themselves. But when you meet with God, everything changes. When you meet with God and you see him for who he is, you see yourself in a completely different way. Isn't that true? That's why when you look at revival history and you see when revivals that happen in Northern Ireland and, and in Scotland and, and the Lewis Revival and the Welsh Revival in 1904, those people, when, they, when God really met with them, they kept their Christianity with them for the rest of their lives. And people on the island of Lewis, when, when the revival happened in 1953, and there was, people got saved, they went into the ministry, they stayed in the ministry. 
Why? Because they met with God. And when you meet with God, he becomes very great and we become really, really small. Are you with me here? Yeah. See, in our minds, we're, naturally speaking, we're great. And our God is way too small. He's so small, we don't trust him for the smallest things in our life. We don't trust him. We don't trust him to take care of our finances. We don't trust him to overcome our, 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 our sins and our struggles. We don't trust him for anything. Oh, I trust him for my soul, but that's all I can. He's, that, he's only big enough to trust, us, to, to trust him to save us from hell. No, our God is so much bigger than that. Isn't he? He's so much bigger. He can completely change us. And that's what happened to Paul when he met with God. Number one, recognize your shortcomings. Number two, relegate the past to the past. Look at verse 13 again. We're back in 13 of chapter 3 of Philippians. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Brethren, leave the past victories in the past. I think it's healthy to assess the previous year, and you can look back at 2022 and say, this happened and this happened and this happened. It's good to make New Year's resolutions, isn't it? Those things are good. I mean, we look at, I look back at 2022, and 2022 I was able to obtain a visa to enter the States. I was able to see my father-in-law before he passed away. I was able to help Jenny take care of her mother, and it was, a, it was a, just an insane time. It was full on. We were able to, 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 to um, help the church out. The church was in this transition time. Churches in transitions can make horrible decisions. They can go down the wrong direction. We were able to be a support structure to that church and made them recognize it and thanked us for it. And we were glad to do that. We were able to visit 33 supporting churches. We were able to raise $100,000 for this building. Praise the Lord for that. That's a blessing. We're halfway there, folks. We need to get the other half, but we're halfway there. And the giving won't stop right now. We won't stop giving and they won't stop giving. God's going to bless us. We're trusting the Lord for this. In 2022, we were able to have a successful summer here. God bless us. We had a great summer, didn't we? And God can do it again. God can do it again. I believe God can bless this church. Don't you believe that? Yes. I believe God wants to bless this church. I, got, I believe God's hand is upon this church. I believe God will build his church like he said he would in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell. What? Shall not prevail against it. Aren't you glad that promise is in the Bible? So that's 2022. Years ago, a, a missionary who is now with the Lord came to Europe. And he was used of God in a wonderful way. And I've, I've never seen anything like it. He was able to lead a lot of, of national to the Lord men. He trained a number of men for ministry. And uh, he within six years, he had purchased his church building and he had trained he had trained a man to take his place this stuff doesn't happen very often but for 10 years brethren he lived in that 10 years after he'd accomplished it he passed the church on to the national and he lived in that and all he did was talk about his accomplishments in the past brethren that's 10 wasted years praise god he didn't stay there he moved on and started another church and that church is in the process of being passed on to somebody else. But brother, I want to tell you something. You can't live in the past. Don't leave. You might have great victories in the past. And it's easy to focus on victories in the past. But the past is gone. It's over. 
God doesn't live in our past. God lives in the present. When he appeared unto Abraham, and or sorry, when he appeared unto Moses, he said, what? I am. Not I was. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He's not the God of the past. He's the God of the present. And he isn't even the God of the future in that sense. He lives in the everlasting presence. Are you with me here? He lives in it right here, right now. And I ask you, what are you doing for God now? In 2023, 2022, praise God for the victories you had in the past. But let's move on. Leave the past victories in the past, but also leave the past defeats in the past. Brethren, I wish we were further along in our church growth. I wish we'd seen more people get saved. I wish we'd seen more people baptized. I wish we'd seen more people from the community that we'd reached out to and evangelized come to the church and stay. I wish we were further along, but we're not. I wish I was further along in my spiritual life, but I wish I'd claim more victories. I bet you do too. You can't live in the, in the past. I'm not going to live in the struggles of 2022. I want to go on to the victories of 2023. You can't say, well, because you, some people are defined. I know people today are defined by their past. And they live in the past. That is not the way of a Christian. It doesn't matter how much you failed in 2022 and 2021 and 2020. It doesn't matter if you didn't give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ back then. Or if you didn't enter the church back then. Or you didn't get baptized back then. Or if you didn't serve the Lord faithfully in the church back then. Or you weren't a core member of the church back then. That's the past. It's gone. We live in 2023. Fresh new start. I worship a God who gives us a fresh new start every morning. His mercies are new what? Every morning. Some people make promises to God. Say, I'll do this. I'll do this. I promise next year this is going to be the... You can't live in the present. Or the, sorry, in the future. And if you've done that in the past, you can't live in the failures of the past. It's gone. It's over. It's done. Leave it behind. Brand new year. 2023. Start all over again. And don't start all over again next week. Start all over again right now. Because now there's no time like the present. Because the grace of God is reaching down from heaven, I believe, right now. And maybe the grace of God and the Spirit of God is touching your life right now. And He wants to give you the grace you need right now to bring you to the next step. Right now. Not tomorrow, next, not next week. Right now. Aren't you glad about that? Leave the past in the past, whether it be victories or defeats. <clears throat> Number three. Number one, we said recognize shortcomings. Number two, relegate the past to the past. Number three, reach out to new opportunities. Look at verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I have arrived. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and look what it says here, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Reaching forth. You can see the picture. You have a four-year-old in the home. But Lewis is glad to be older than four now, aren't you? He's a big boy now, right? you got a four-year-old in the home, and you put up the cookies up on the top jar. I mean, not the biscuits. I mean the cookies, the real good ones. You know what I'm saying? The cookies and all those lovely chocolate chips and all that type of stuff. The real nice cookies, you know? And uh, so you put the cookies in the, in the top, in the jar on the top shelf so your four-year-old can't get at them. And he gets up on that stool, and he's reaching forth. 
to get those cookies. You get the picture, Louis? Do you remember doing that? <laughs> I just take him on the he probably didn't. I won't even ask. But the point is this. That's the picture here. Opportunities await us in 2023. Do you know? I, I had a blessing of being able to meet Tony's son. Tony comes here. He's in the hospital now. I got to meet his son. Um, yes, in the hospital. It was a blessing. Great to meet people. Opportunities to talk to people. I love it. I love it. We've got to stretch out and extend ourselves because God has blessing for us in 2023. But you can't stretch out and extend. You will never receive those blessings, should I say, unless you stretch out and extend yourself and say, I want that blessing. One commentator said it this way as we're looking at that verse in verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he's basically saying, he's a, he said, it's a picture of a race. The body and the hand is in the forward position. You're going for it. That's the way God wants us to live in 2023. You can't be indolent. That's a big word for lazy. You can't be apathetic. That's a big word for being numb inside. You don't want that. God didn't save you for that. And you can't say your past. Forget about your past. I'm talking about now, right now. Stretch forth now. While, we, while he still had breath, the Apostle Paul was still in the race. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. Again, the picture is here again. Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He began our faith, right? And he's going to end our faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? The author and finisher of our faith, okay? In that sense. He's the one that, when I say end, I mean complete, probably more to the point. Complete to the place of perfection of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despite the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Brethren, run that race. Look unto Jesus. Run that race. That's the picture here. That was the Apostle Paul. At this point in his life, he was in prison. But he wasn't out of the race. You could be on your hospital bed, on your deathbed, and you're not out of the race. You're not out of the race. Paul was probably in his 60s. His body was worn out from all the beatings and harsh conditions that he endured. He was only in his 60s. These days, 60s is young, isn't it? Well, maybe you kids don't think so, but we do. <laughs> Auntie Dee's going to run a marathon next week, amen, sister? <laughs> but you know the thing is that, uh, that, 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 that he was 60s, in his 60s, he was still young. But why did he refer to himself as Paul the Aged? Because of what he'd been through. His body was beaten. It was wrecked. But he wasn't out of the race. Was he not tired? Of course. 
Even the Energizer bunny runs out of batteries, right? But he wasn't done. He wasn't out of the race. He was still in. And he was still stretching towards that finish line. I love it when people finish well. It's not how you start. It's how you what? Finish. Some people finish way too early. We've seen way too many of God's precious children enter through our doors with zeal. They get involved. They get serving. And then they burn out. They lost sight of the finish line. God didn't want them to stop serving. But they chose to stop serving because they got burnt out. Brethren, don't lose sight of the finish line. Don't let that be you. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes a faithful get discouraged. I get that. If anyone who had, had a right to be discouraged, the Apostle Paul did. Would you agree with that? 2 Corinthians 1.8 for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Paul was so pressed by his conditions, by the harshness of his trouble and his tribulation, he said, I just wanted to die. I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've ever been there. And maybe you haven't either. But we've been discouraged, right? First Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy 4, verse 16 and 17. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That's the key. We always have to go back to the source. There are some people who think because we're not Pentecostal, we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And I will argue that point. Oh, we do believe in the Holy Spirit. He is our strength. He is our power. Not believing in the Holy Spirit is like trying to run a chainsaw without starting it. Willie, you know about using chainsaws. Does that work? No. Well, it might, but it'll take you a very long time. <laughs> You'd be wrecked. <clears throat> Brethren, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some experience or some feeling. He is God himself empowering the Christian to live the Christian life. And you know someone's filled with the Holy Spirit when he lives the Christian life. You know someone's filled with the Holy Spirit not by how he worships on a Sunday, but how he lives on a Monday. That's how it works. That's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't stay in church. The Holy Spirit's in us, right? Yeah. No, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which you have with God. And you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are His. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Some people like to be filled with liquor. But in the way they're filled with their alcohol, you be filled with the Spirit. God commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we don't believe in the Holy Spirit, we don't believe in the faith. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, we do. Very much so. We need him to live the Christian life. Otherwise, we are going to sink. We're going to sink. But he's the one that's going to help us to embrace 2023. And that was Paul. 
Paul was looking to the Lord and it was encouragement from the Lord that kept him going because sometimes life throws so many challenges at us and so many trials at us and so many difficulties at us. We feel like giving up, but it's the Spirit of God and the grace of God and the love of Christ that lifts us up again and gets us going again. That's what Paul needed. That's what we need. Would you agree with that? Let's do it then. Number one, recognize your shortcomings. Number two, relegate the past to the past. Number three, reach out for new opportunities. But finally, and this is my favorite point. This is my favorite point, I have to admit. Realize your most important goal. Realize your most important goal. Look at verse 13 again. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. You can tell this was written by a man. But this one thing I do. Men can only focus on one thing at a time. Have you noticed that, ladies? Ladies have all these things going on in their minds. They get offended with you. You say, why are you offended? And she says, because you weren't thinking about this. But I can only think about this at one time. <laughs> She's thinking about this, 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 and this. And you say, what's wrong with you? And she says, I was thinking about this. And you say, we were talking about this. Because <laughs> women have all these array of thoughts going to our mind all at the same time while they're ironing and while they're watching stuff. <laughs> and you're like... Just let, give me one task, you know, and I'll hopefully accomplish it one thing at a time. This one thing I do. Brethren, if we try to focus on too many matters, we'll probably not pay proper attention to them. James chapter 3 verse 1, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that ye shall, we shall receive the greater condemnation. The jack of trades, of all trades, is the master of what? None. With this one thing I do. Brethren, some people make New Year's resolutions, and I think it's a really good thing to, to uh, make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to offer you a few suggestions. Maybe instead of looking for entertainment when you're tired or when you want to relax, read some books that challenge your faith. Read books that challenge your obedience and your commitment to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we can read stuff and, or watch a, a Christian film and say, oh, that was not worth watching, <laughs> you know? But sometimes you can watch a Christian film that challenges you and makes you want to do something for God. That's a good thing. Wouldn't you agree with that? Or read books about it. Read missionary biographies. There's some in our church library, I believe. Watch movies, like we said that already, that encourage you. Instead of making friends who entertain you or who have similar hobbies to you, make friends with people who challenge your faith. Sometimes I might be someone who's older than you. That's fine. But someone who will just challenge you to live the Christian life. Instead of getting frustrated during adverse circumstances, embrace those adverse circumstances and say, and determine, I'm going to grow through this. Lord, help me to grow through this. Help me not respond wrongly. Help me grow through what I'm going through right now. That could be a New Year's resolution, couldn't it? Perhaps we've set goals for the new year in the past. Perhaps we've met those goals. Perhaps we haven't. But Paul said this, this one I do. There is one goal that Paul had in his life that he was going to pay special attention to. Look at verse 7. But what things were gained to me, he said, those I counted loss for Christ. 
Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He said, I don't want Les Hill. I don't want Paul. I want Jesus. I don't want my own will. I want his will. I don't want my own way. I want his way. I don't want to, to, to look to my own gifts and abilities. I want to look to him, the enabler of all my gifts and abilities. I don't want to focus on what I can do for him. I want to focus on what he can do through me. It's a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Verse 9, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Look at verse 10, no, I love this. Brethren, this is our theme for 2023. That I may know him. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, that comes from knowing him. And the fellowship of his sufferings that comes from knowing him. Being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. Paul didn't focus on his character and his conduct. He focused on Jesus. He didn't pay attention to his holiness and his zeal. He paid attention to the healthiness of his relationship with Jesus Christ. He made himself a student of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, and a lover of Jesus Christ. That I may know him. His primary goal was to know him and to love him, to please him and to emulate him. And they all go together. Some people want to be Christian without Christ. I've heard people say, well, I'm a Christian. And you find out they're not born again. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But they like the values of Christianity. You can't get the values without the one who gives the values. His name is Jesus. That I may know him. That I may know him. That was his goal. That's why Paul did not burn out or rust out. And that is why he didn't get offended and leave the church. And that's why he didn't. Not everybody who leaves the church gets offended, by the way. But some do. But he didn't because... His goal was to know Jesus Christ. That's why he didn't give up prematurely. He didn't have his eyes firmly fixed. Sorry, he did have his eyes firmly fixed on the finish line. And do you know what the finish line is? Jesus Christ. God, folks, we're in, a, we're in this race and there's only one goal. And the goal is not heaven. We don't live in this life so we can go to heaven. The goal is the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in this life so we can go to Jesus. Do you see the difference? It's about Him. It's not about what we get out of it. We don't live in this life so we can get His blessing. We live in this life so we can get Him. Because this is our only opportunity to honor and glorify God volitionally. Is that the right word? Sounds good. Of our own volition, of our own will. why we're here when we die and if you're saved you're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ you're going to enjoy heaven but your free will is gone 
that decision was made in this life, right? And you can't choose to obey anymore. You're just going to obey him all the time. And I'm convinced there's no greater time we can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ than right here, right now, when it goes against everything we want to do in and of ourselves. Because we're selfish people and we're sinners. But when we say no to self and yes to Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to choose this, I choose Christ. There's no greater way to glorify him. And I don't want to miss the opportunity to you that I may know him. Is that not what Christianity is all about? Is it not all about Christ? Walking with Christ, surrendering to his will. If more Christians would truly walk with Christ, our church would be a lot healthier, wouldn't it? And it'd be a lot stronger. The fundamental issue we have in our churches is a, is a, a failure of Christians to have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. If you deal with that issue personally, you and God, it deals with everything else that I may know him. Oh, brethren, what could be a better resolution in 2023 than to know Christ? Let's go to the Lord of Prayer. Can we do that?